0: Hi, from beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of a rumor and innuendo all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican strategist and WYND talk show host, Dan Proft, independent conservative Bruno Barron, liberal activist and author Rebecca Sive and in our second hour, Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago. Our program tonight, coming to you from our home base at AM 560, The Answer, WYND, that's Salem Radio, just outside Chicago. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there who is a mother. or thinking of their mother who may not be with us uh, alive and well tonight, but again, it's nice to have you with us. We've got a full two hours. We've got lots to talk about. Last week was very very busy week. And uh, I'm going to begin, we're going to talk about what's happening at the border, which was one of the dominant political issues. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in the broadcast. But I want to begin with uh, sort of the big political story, and that was uh, the verdict by, uh, in New York, against Donald Trump. Uh, They uh, they found him, uh, they convicted him, found him guilty of uh, battery and defamation. They did not find him guilty of rape, and again, he then, a couple of days later, he went on CNN and gave them a one-hour town hall that most people will never, ever forget, and we're going to be talking about the pluses and minuses of that appearance tonight with our guests. We have in studio, we have Bruno Behrend, who is a libertarian, Rebecca Saib, who is a progressive uh, author with us, and she'll join us via Zoom, as well as our old friend and a former regular member here. Dan Proft, who is now the morning man, longtime morning man, along with Amy Jacobson on our flagship station, WYND. Uh, I want to I want to begin with you, uh, Dan. Um, the combination of the conviction in New York and the appearance on CNN was was this a good week or bad week for Donald Trump to win the Republican nomination? Uh,
1: you know, I think it's mixed. Um, I think the CNN town hall was good for him. I think it reminds people, a lot of Republican primary voters, what they like about Donald Trump, which is that he's willing to go into the lion's den, go toe-to-toe with a hostile moderator uh, on a hostile network, and uh, take questions as long as they want to ask them and give his... uh, you know, versions of answers to some of those questions, but I, I just think that that willingness to go right at the left is something that Trump uh, uh, established as sort of his brand, part of mm-hmm. his brand that a lot of Republican primaries, I would say the majority, mm-hmm. enjoy. The The verdict, the verdict is complicated. Uh, obviously, a, a civil judgment against you for $5 million in a sexual assault case is not a uh, not, it's not a happy occurrence for anybody, nor should it be. Now, he is appealing it. It's a civil yeah. trial. I want to emphasize that uh, because they weren't, um, this is a lower standard of evidence, the preponderance. It's a lower standard with the jury. It's a majority. It doesn't need to be unanimous. It's a 30 year old case. And I think, frankly, by and large, it's not the verdict that may come back to hurt Trump in the primary. Mm-hmm. It's uh, what he said in the depositions that became public, part of the public mm-hmm. record. Okay. Um, I think all of these prosecutions of Trump for most Republican primary voters are going to be seen through the lens of the Alvin Bragg prosecution mm-hmm. in the Hushman uh, case, or potentially a prosecution in Fulton County, Georgia, or yeah. potentially w- a prosecution by the feds and D- the classified D- documents.
0: Dan, I want to ju- ju- jump in here and let uh, Rebecca Sy respond to the same question. And the question is, all the actions, uh, the trial, the verdict, and the CNN town hall, Uh, did they help Donald Trump in the Republican primary?
2: Well, to the extent that there are primary voters who think that their best candidate is someone who's been convicted of assault, uh, they're making a mistake because if that candidate is nominated by the party, once he gets uh, to the general, uh, he'll lose once again, as he has several times in the recent past. So that's not a winning strategy for the Republican party, um as to the issue of the CNN uh, debate, uh, not debate, but appearance. Um, I, I don't think I think that CNN has said that they will give a uh, meeting like that or a question and answer period like that to any serious candidate. Right. And I think that Trump runs the risk now that he has done it, and now that he's blustered and lied, and you know all of that kind of thing in that show. It provides a significant opportunity for the Republican, potential Republican candidates who follow him Mm -hmm. to directly rebut what he said. So were I advising him, I think I would have advised against it. Uh, I don't think it helps him in the long run, although there may be, you know, partisans in the short run who like his bluster and other uh, disingenuous behavior. Bruno
0: Barron is an independent conservative, (laughs) once upon a time a libertarian. Bruno, how did you see... uh, uh, the combination of a verdict out of New York, which found him guilty, and uh, also of the CNN
3: appearance—I uh, think the, the verdict doesn't help him at all. Uh, I mean, look, there there are a certain the, the GOP is now full in, in of Trump primary voters, and there's nothing you can really do about that. They maybe they change their minds in in, in some kind of a debate, but uh, as sad as it is, from my perspective. Um, and I understand that there's a lot of Trump supporters who disagree with me. But you know, as sad as it is, this is Trump's nomination to lose, particularly since he's now not up against a one-on-one with DeSantis or a one-on-one with uh, somebody else. Uh, that there's five or six people in it, the vote gets split, and and you know he he didn't lose any votes. I I, and I have to admit I didn't watch the town hall. Um, but I read enough about it, and I heard enough about it, and I heard, I, t- I talked to other people who did watch it. And the fact of the matter is, he didn't lose any votes uh, in, in the primary process. He got his name out there, so, of course, he is going to get a bump in the name recognition that he already has name recognition advantage Would you of.
0: acknowledge, however, that if, if it's true that some analysts have said The reason that Donald Trump lost last time was that he lost Republican, suburban women voters and independent voters. Would you acknowledge, based on at least what you've read, and I want to get this from everybody else as well, there wasn't anything that he said that did anything to help him in that category that maybe made it even worse? Well—
3: it, it, and that that's probably true of the town hall but it's certainly true that it, it the the the, uh, the verdict damages him um I, this is the fastest way i can put it i one of my friends on facebook put it this way if donald trump is the nominee the election is about donald trump and the republicans lose if uh donald trump is not the nominee and anybody else is the election is about joe biden and the democrats lose it's a the worst possible idea to renominate donald trump no matter what you think of him
0: okay I'll- I want to I get, uh, bigger, go, go ahead, Rebecca.
2: It, it, it may be the case that uh, it's more competitive with someone else, I don't know that. I think it's too early to say, but I think Bruce hit the nail on the head a moment ago. Uh, we've seen, in, starting with Kansas six months ago, that women voters are uh, mobilized, women voters across the political spectrum, women voters from the Republican party as well as the Democratic party. I hasten to remind you, and Bruce, I know you remember this, When DuPage County used to be Republican, it's now Democrat. In part, that was because they were running anti-choice candidates, and those were uh, defeated by pro-choice Democrats.
0: Okay, I've got got to pause right now. When we come back, I want to get Dan's response to uh, what uh, Bruno had to say as well. 1-800-723-8289. I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be
5: a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
6: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart
4: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP Ad Council.
7: When it comes to vaping,
4: the truth can get
7: clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or
5: young adults.
4: It's just not.
8: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
4: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
8: And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
4: Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s
9: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Bruce Dumont back, and uh, we're going to go to Dan Prop. Dan, your reaction to uh, uh, Bruno's sort of assessment that... Uh, you know, Trump may be able to win the primary, but uh, he's not likely to be able to be reelected. How do you come down on well, I
1: mean, that? Well, 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 recent polling suggests otherwise. It suggests basically he and DeSantis are more or less in the same position. Some polls mm-hmm. have Trump and DeSantis beating Biden by a few points. Some have them both down by a few points. Look, here this whole Republican primary thing and this, like, splicing the Republican primary up into suburban women versus, uh-huh. I don't know, urban men rural men. When it comes to Trump, everybody knows who Donald Trump is. Everybody has an understanding of his coarseness. Everybody has an understanding of his conduct and the way he communicates. It's built into the price. Here's the challenge for anyone who would depose Donald Trump in the primary. Prove to me that you have the same capacity to go to the swamp and go toe to toe with all of the institutions and the leadership of those institutions that is averse to my interests because that's the Trump value proposition. And until somebody takes on Trump straight away and shows they can stand up to Trump as sort of a proxy to standing up to the swamp, then Trump is going to be in a very strong position with respect to the
0: primary. The closest one oh, to stand up to Trump, I'm going to be to you in a, Rebecca, in just a second. The closest mm-hmm. one to stand up to Trump, which came out after the CNN debate, after the jury verdict, and this is Asa Hutchinson. The jury verdict uh, has, without seriousness, an example of the indep- indefensible actions of Donald Trump, indefensible actions. Now, I wanna ask Dan a quick question, then you to Rebecca. Do you consider Asa Hutchinson a reasonable candidate, or is he a wacko?
1: No, he's not a wacko, he's a reasonable candidate, but but, but he's not a viable candidate. And there were many other more viable candidates who basically took a pass on commenting uh, on the jury verdict because they understand what I was communicating, which is all of this is built into the trump understanding the primary and as i w- was saying for months before it happened the best thing that could happen to donald trump ironically politically speaking was to be indicted by alvin bragg and it happened so not every legal action against him is going to be seen through that prism of they will do and say anything they will subvert the rule of law in order to try and get this guy and all it does is create more stickiness with trump it creates more loyalty to trump because people in the Republican primary in particular believe he is being treated unfairly, and he's the only one who can go up against all of these institutions that treat people differently based on their political beliefs.
0: Rebecca, to you.
2: I'm going to sign. (laughs) seriously disagree with the uh, description of America's uh, federal and state and local governments and prosecutors. I think that The history of this nation since the constitution was adopted and president george washington was elected has demonstrated uh, conclusively that the the country can deal with great uh, differences of opinion it can manage uh, situations that arise in the courts and uh, donald trump is not going to be any more immune uh, to the american justice system and the American governments wherever they are uh, than any other person who uh, is proved to have perpetrated crimes. And so the fact of that is that while certain members of uh, certain people who vote in some states may decide that that doesn't matter or believe as Mr. Prophet falsely or erroneously does that, that he's being persecuted unjustly by bad institutions, the rest of the voters aren't going to go that way. And if you look at the states that are decisive states, you're going to find that, for instance, just to take two examples, both Wisconsin and Michigan key states in the last election have moved more toward uh, the left part of the spectrum uh, than the right since the last time Donald Trump ran. So the odds for him are not good. Those small states that have Few electoral votes and maybe a majority of Republican male voters who don't think that the justice system is treating Donald properly aren't going to matter at the end of the day.
0: Bruno Barron. That's, nice, uh, go go
1: that's a nice speech. It has absolutely nothing to do with the Republican primary electorate, which is what I was describing. In addition well, to that,
2: the Republican it, primary let's, is let's, going to Let's let let's let let's da,
0: let Dan. My let, let's let Dan respond to you, and then we're going to go to Bruno. I mean,
1: Republican primary electorate. That's hilarious. But um, so it has nothing to do with that. Number one. Number two. Donald Trump is a proxy when I talk about the justice system. People see what's happening to people who are pro-life, like Mark Hook in Pennsylvania. They see disparate treatment across a range of issues, based on political beliefs. Going back to how the IRS. Treated people who were pro-life or conservative when they were applying for their tax exempt status during the Obama years, and fast forward that to how gun uh, to, to people that own gun shops are treated by big banks. It is all part and parcel of the same thing. And what those constituencies have in common is they understand there is two systems of justice and two systems of treatment culturally based on your political beliefs mm-hmm. by political beliefs by those in charge of these institutions, and we see that playing out in real time with this Department of Justice. I mean, Merrick Garland had to apologize for a department, a, a, an FBI director in Richmond, sending a message out about the warning about Catholics who attend the Latin mass. So it's Catholics, it's pro-lifers, it's dealing with the IRS, it's dealing with the ATF, it's dealing with big banks, it's dealing with big tech. And Donald Trump is a proxy
4: for all of that. That's what you don't he understand. He
2: may be a proxy, but he cannot win and he hasn't lost Uh, He hasn't won, rather, in his last few elections. It's immaterial whether he's a proxy for beliefs that you apparently have and other people do. It's totally immaterial in terms of the next presidential election.
0: Rebecca, let me ask this question to you and to everybody, because I've asked this question several times over the last few weeks on this program. There's a lot of people out there in America who are African-Americans. They feel that the Justice Department has screwed them over the years. Can some of them believe that Donald Trump is up fighting for them against a Justice Department that they feel has been uh, on their backs? Does anybody see anything, any any possibility of that? uh,
2: There's no, Bruce, there's no empirical evidence to support that. Um, oh, I don't. Oh, I you know, don't mean. That, that,
0: that, I don't it, mean to suggest empirical evidence, but it, but once Bruno's yeah, been well, waiting, here. It, no, let's, let, it, we're going to go to Bruno because he's been waiting here a long it, time. It,
3: first of all, it, it, empirical evidence is all. It, look, there's all kinds of evidence all over the map, and everybody takes what polls they like and and says that the polls are this. And the, and the fact is, it's really really early for polling. Donald Trump has a huge um, name recognition uh, already been president advantage over anybody else in there. So there's all kinds of things happening right now. The fact of the matter is that Donald Trump barely got elected in two thousand sixteen. He hasn't lost many elections he has he has lost some proxy elections through people he's uh he's um, uh, um uh, endorsed. but the but the fact of the matter is he l- barely won an election by uh, and, but then came back with seventy nine what is it, ten million more votes he, he he's one of the few people who lost an election by gaining. 10 million votes from 2016 to 2020 when is somebody like Obama was the first president ever to be reelected with fewer votes than he uh, was than, than he was originally elected with so you know I, I think it's uh, if if Rebecca wants to sit there and say Trump is not the best candidate for the GOP to put forward I could probably agree with her on that I don't want mm-hmm. Donald Trump to be the nominee but this idea that the election is already over and it's a foregone conclusion, uh, there is plenty of empirical evidence to show that where Donald Trump has lost some suburban women uh, in uh, many many states across the United States yeah, he has he has done uh, unbelievable pickups among uh, the black working class and hispanic working class and again he got ten million more votes in his second election so uh, uh, the I think the easiest thing to say is that if we rerun the last election of Trump versus biden I think it, I think that you got to lean a little bit in Biden's favor because uh, he's already been there for four years and he's a puppet of uh, of the, his uh, his advisors and everything. Yeah. And Trump, ha- we don't know whether he's done anything to gain or lose. But... I want to get
0: Dan your response. I saw your little reaction to you when uh, when he mentioned uh, you know a Biden reelection. Well,
1: I think I think Bruno's right. I, I think that's right. I, I think it's it's complicated. It's very early um DeSantis uh, there's a lot of interest in DeSantis there's excitement around him there's perhaps a marriage of some of the conservative grassroots with some of the establishment uh behind DeSantis how quickly can he make it a two-person race that's an open question we don't know Uh, how will he do once he gets out in the next couple of weeks and gets on the trail will he take Trump Mm -hmm. directly on we don't you know we believe we have some ideas of what might happen but we have to see people prove up and so it's a short uh, calendar for DeSantis to try to clear the field or substantially clear the field and to prove, as I said before, clear that threshold of I trust him to take on the swamp in the same mm-hmm. way that President Trump did, but perhaps with more aplomb, um, less coarseness, which I would like to see, more polish, which I would like to see. This is the view of a lot of Republican primary voters, but, but it's, it is still very early.
0: You live, I wanna just start, uh, go, go ahead, uh, Rebecca, go ahead.
2: I, I don't know what, I, I, I'm i guessing as to what Dan, um, what is the thing called the swamp, that Dan's referred to a few times, but um, I would say on that point that uh, if, I'm sorry, I don't have this graphic in front of me because I had it, a, what, I don't know, 24 hours ago or something, hmm. if you put up, Democrats who've been indicted and convicted republicans have been indicted and convicted there is no contest if swamp is bad behavior if it's corrupt behavior if that's what you're talking about the American justice system in our lifetimes has concluded that there are a lot more Republican bad guys than Democratic bad guys. And we can sort of start okay. going down the list if we want.
0: Okay. When we come back, we're going to let Dan respond to that. one 800 723 When we come back, Dan also lives in Florida. I want to find out what he thinks about Ron DeSantis. Back shortly.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
4: Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
8: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
9: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening. And they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it, not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, Visit underagedrinkingsamsagovernor
8: When you meet me, I'll be by your side.
0: <music> Rustam, back. Happy Mother's Day to everyone, wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border. This is the portion of our program where we let each of our guests introduce themselves, give their own little... 15-second uh, biography, and we're going to begin with Dan Proft, who joins us uh, from Florida tonight. Go ahead, Dan.
1: Uh, morning Drive host on AM 560, Chicago's Morning Answer, from 5 to 9 a.m. Uh, weekdays. That's 5 to 9 a.m. Chicago time. Um, yeah, that's 15 seconds or less.
0: That's all you and, need to know. And a Republican strategist, of some note. The Tribune certainly notes you from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Sive, tell us who you are. You're an author, you're a progressive activist. Go ahead.
2: I'm the author of three books on women in politics in America. I am a former professor at the University of Chicago Harris School of Public Policy, former public official and longtime activist on behalf of women and minorities.
0: Mm-hmm. And many years ago, we should mention, we go back a long way, you were part of the debate team representing Harold Washington back in 1983 in the very first mayoral debates of that campaign, and I was uh, representing WTTW and putting it together, But so we go back a long way, and uh, uh, I will be attending the inauguration tomorrow of, uh, of uh, Brandon Johnson, the new mayor of the city of Chicago, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the next four years in this city. It certainly can only be an improvement of what happened during the last four years. Uh, Bruno oh, Berend, go ahead. I I don't know. I, I won't. I won't. Oh, let's hope so, Bruce. Let's
3: hope so. I'm not sure, but uh, let's hope you're right. Anyway, uh, my name is Bruno Berend. I'm uh, I've been with uh, the Heartland Institute for a while uh, on education issues uh, with the free market think tank. It kind of gets me uh, labeled as a libertarian. I'm kind of a socially conservative libertarian, which I guess makes me a conservative. I've um, done a little bit of political consulting. I've worked on some campaigns. Um, but for the most part, I'm just a regular everyday guy. i uh, I work for an organization right now that uh, does kind of what Habitat for Humanity
0: does, yeah. and i I tell people I flip houses for Jesus up in North Chicago. Oh huh, very good. Dan, before the break, I asked everyone uh, to stand by for your Uh, Your comments concerning uh, Ron DeSantis, for those listening on WIND, they perhaps have heard these before, but to our national audience, uh, what do you think of the guy?
1: Uh, I think DeSantis has uh, been the best governor in the country the last four years, Um, and I don't think it's frankly very close. I think uh, that when he, you know, this is a talking point that he uses Mm -hmm. on the trail, but Mm -hmm. it has the additional benefit of being true. Which is he's piled up a lot of victories in the direction of conservative reform policies, and he and and again to what I've said a couple of times now on this show, being willing to take on institutional interests, uh, taking up the fight against Disney in the state of Florida, um, is part of I think DeSantis's prove up. But the real uh, hallmark of the DeSantis first term was that uh, he was one of the few governors. There were a couple of others, but he was one of the few governors. That zigged when most of the country zagged in terms of COVID response. He was one of the few governors uh, early on who was willing to ask legitimate questions, put together his own uh, experts in, in public health, uh, virology, and make very different decisions about locking down the state of Florida than were just than decisions were made in most of the rest of the country, particularly with Democrat governors. And Florida has benefited greatly because of his leadership. And I think he's got a pretty strong message to sell that he is somebody that has the capacity and the will to scale that nationally, which is why I think he'll be a formidable candidate. Do
0: you do you think his his commercials? He's already got commercials going. Do you think his commercials are are effective against uh, Trump so far? Uh, the
1: the first uh, uh, three or four commercials yeah. I've seen by a, a super PAC that's
0: affiliated with him. yeah, right. No, right. I
1: no, I don't actually. I don't you think they've been. What um, what I, sh- what should
0: they be saying? Because he's he's got that tight situation where he doesn't want to he doesn't want to turn off the Trump voters, but to some extent he has to he's got to get them to change their mind.
1: Well, one of the things uh, I just mentioned is COVID, and I and he's made sort of allusions to it, but you can't this doesn't it can't be a bank shot. You got to be between people's eyes on it, and it, he, you he
2: can't you something. can't make COVID stop, a bank. Stop shot. interrupting people.
0: We'll be doing Rebecca, in just a second. Go ahead.
1: DeSantis, uh, what I would do or I would advise is to say, look, both were executives during COVID. Ron DeSantis was an executive. Trump was an executive. Uh, DeSantis put his own people around him. Uh, Trump took what he inherited. Uh, DeSantis was engaged in the day-to-day decision-making, and he went where actually the science and data led, and he... He, mod- he modulated his views and what he was doing, the policy choices he was making as information became available, as we got better answers to the questions we all had. And Trump did that much less successfully. And, and, and you know, and, and the country suffered as a result. Mm-hmm. And Florida thrived as a result. So to me, I think you start to say, hey, remember what the last three years right. were like and what I did versus what he did. And right. this is a con- this is a substantive contrast that I think people would yeah. say, well, you know, he has a point there.
0: Yeah, well, the the president, uh, President Trump, kept uh, Anthony Fauci in place, uh, and I don't think uh, DeSantis would have done that. Rebecca, you were going to make a comment, and then i want to ask you a question. Go ahead.
2: Well, I I, I think it might be difficult to run on uh, the issue of uh, response to COVID when a million Americans died. Perhaps that's why they didn't run a commercial about it. But the other point I wanted to make in regard to Governor DeSantis, apart from his policies, is that he hasn't stepped in yet, and I think that uh, you know what's behind that. You know, what is—is is he afraid to uh, step in the you know the ring with Donald Trump? And if so, that doesn't bode well for the future. Well, he's waiting. He's waiting. He's
0: waiting for the Florida legislature to 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 end before he that he said that for several months. But let me let well, me ask means- let me ask you a question. I, I think I know your answer, but who would be the toughest Democrat or toughest Republican to wage war against uh, Joe Biden? Do you think Joe Biden is an easy re-election vote for people?
2: Uh, what I think about the upcoming election is it'll be uh, you know close in the same way uh, that other recent presidential elections have been. But as I noted previously if you look at the i think approximately 13 states that matter and within that probably three or four that really matter uh the democratic candidate whether it's joe biden or someone else uh has a really good chance to win the presidency on the basis that they'll win in those states and therefore have the 270 electoral college votes required to become president
0: do you believe that vice president harris is the strongest running mate for joe biden or could there be someone else out there who would give uh, more strength to the ticket, Rebecca?
2: Well, I I think it's, I know you know, Bruce, uh, African-American voters are, you know, 90% plus vote Democratic, and and they are key in certain uh, of the states I've mentioned previously, as well as in some of those Southern states like South Carolina, so in North Carolina, which are a bit open to questions, so I don't know uh, whether there would be a stronger candidate given that reality about who makes up the winning Democratic coalition. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the things that was said in the debate the other night, I want to go back to that debate because there were a lot of things said that haven't been really flushed out, and I want to begin with you Bruno, Because there was uh, the the way the uh, President Trump responded to the question about Russia and Ukraine, and you know whether who he wants to win the war, and his comments about uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, Do you think this primary is going to be about the uh, uh, the the old-time Republicans and some of the new Republicans who are much more isolationist? Is that the battle that's going to go on in the Republican Party?
3: Uh, Probably not, because the you know who knows what's gonna happen with the way the news breaks out but the fact is that the because the gop right now is more isolationist than it has been and because we we now have you know now the democrats have their newly found love for all things war related because of the democratic president is waging it um, it's going to be more about the the domestic policy and, and very many other things but the interesting thing is that it'll it'll stay, remain an issue because the Democrats are going to try and use it as uh, you know oh the the Republicans are soft on Putin which is really not the case as as best as I can see what I think is happening is that we're all questioning the, the billions and billions of open checkbook of money going to mm-hmm. Ukraine. Which is maybe that's way, maybe that's defeating Russia on the cheap. There's mm-hmm. there's various different things you could look at here, but the fact is that we should be asking questions as to how open of a checkbook and for how long.
0: Dan Prof., do you think, uh, where do you think foreign policy is going to weigh in uh, on this uh, primary that's coming up? Um, you
1: know, it, it's going to be part of the discussion as it was in that town hall. And I got to tell you, especially after all those documents were leaked that indicated that the uh, foreign policy establishment and the pentagon have been lying to the american people about their own assessments about the the possibility that ukraine can repel putin and the russians um again it's a trust issue so you don't you're telling me one thing you don't believe it and you're spending all you're spending a hundred billion dollars in advance of something that you're not sure or you're maybe even skeptical can actually be accomplished so i think there's layers to this but um I think there is going to be perhaps a moment that sort of an old guard versus uh, the Trump uh, grassroots, the populist grassroots. But I think it'll be if it becomes down to DeSantis versus Trump and the establishment backs DeSantis and tries to do essentially to Trump what the Democrat establishment was able to do to Bernie Sanders four years ago. Do you
0: agree with that, Bruno?
1: It
3: it it sounds like it might play out that way. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, DeSantis has to get in. We 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 have to wait for a few more. I mean, you know, all the spring offensives are going to start happening. Um, You know, so everything is now fluid, and based on the the you know what what the changes on the ground are going to.
0: One of the things that's amusing to me is the the Donald Trump anti Ron DeSantis commercials talk about things that Ron DeSantis did as a member of the House. But Donald Trump endorsed him. He, he knew what those positions were when he endorsed him, and that got him elected governor of, of Florida. Back shortly.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than one million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice.
4: Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
9: Wait, did they just say 1 in 3 adults has pre-diabetes? That's thirty-three point three 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 percent of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. (gasps) Wait, the 1 in 3 could be me, my karaoke partner, Carol, or my karaoke enemy, Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at
11: doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness
8: Partners. Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
6: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you, and I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years,
9: For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Bruce Sumont back. Let's head to the calls. Let's go to Washington State. Dave is listening to us tonight. Go ahead. You're on Beyond the Beltway.
12: Going to add to. Uh... Some comments that have been made. Uh, Rebecca mentioned something about, you know, the swamp, and she didn't seem to understand, I guess, why it kept being brought up and what people's concerns were regarding it, and it goes beyond just the differential treatment that people get, whether they're being more conservative or not, and the courtroom that you happen to get, uh, and to suggest that various courtrooms across the country, no matter where you go, you're going to get equal treatment, just like from George Washington forward, is just really illogical I mean that's why people court shop and try to pick certain judges but the swamp in general is seen as the the people in especially government that seem to be uh, having a mind to undermine the country as far as our constitutional republic they are trying to subvert uh, the way that this country operates and quite honestly sometimes illegally Uh, You talk about election interference, when you get a bunch of CIA former operatives coming out with a letter saying, oh, this disregard what you see over here, like the Wizard of Oz, nothing behind the curtain, this is all Russia disinformation, and trying to convince people not to look at a laptop that the FBI already knew was valid, but you have all these people coming out trying to claim things that are untrue, that is election interference. There were millions of people that could have switched votes and they claimed that they would have after the election if they had not been fed such a line of misinformation. But people want to see things like uh, that stop Dave, and Dave, they want to see people that are responsible for that go to prison. We need to see that's the only way you stop this kind of
0: behavior is serious consequences. Dave, let me interrupt you for just a second. Stay on the line, but I want to ask a question. I'm going to ask the question to, to Rebecca first. Rebecca, what do you think of the, a story that the caller is referring to and that is the 51 intelligence officers who signed a letter in advance of the last election basically saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was russian disinformation we we now know that was totally untrue they all lied now you're a, you're a good progressive you've been around for a long time what do you think of that issue and the way that it's been played Historically and uh, in the media.
2: Well, what I think about uh, this is uh, what I think about the CIA uh, is that uh, they have to be closely monitored by whoever is the president, and so that's uh, kind of the beginning and the end of my view of. Uh, what but the how CIA outraged?
0: Was. How outraged are you if you're outraged at all? How outraged are you by the fact that 51 intelligence officers, leaders and others four years ago signed a letter that was absolutely false and they gave it to Joe Biden so Joe Biden could have a talking point in a debate. And again, a lot of Americans, I think think there was one survey that said that 18 percent of the Biden voters would not have voted for Joe Biden. If they knew that information, this was a conspiracy between the intelligence community and the media. They squashed a story that is still alive and well four years later.
2: I can't really comment. On, I, I really can't comment on this. I think there's so many. Why um, can't you comment? Are,
0: why are you not out? Because by it that? goes against the narrative. Why? Can't you no, I, I'm, I I'm going to make. A, I, I wanted to ask you the question first, and then I'm going to put it in context. The last two weeks on this program, we have had as our liberal two people who are very, very bright. I like them both. One was Jennifer Lynn. The other, the other was uh, Patrick Hanley. I asked them both about this subject, and neither one of them knew about the Hunter Biden story. They did. They had not read about this story. It's a, You're the third liberal in a row who doesn't seem to care about this incident, and I'm, I'm shocked by it. Dan, your, your response, because you talk about it all the time.
1: Not shocked by it at all. It's willful blindness. It's uh, it's leftist privilege. Their hypocrisy is attendant to their privilege as cultural mavens and good people. Uh, by the way, just on that, I mean, again, to, to repeat on this story, it wasn't just the 51 who signed. Now we know it was uh, the former deputy mm-hmm. CIA director, Mark Morrell, organizing the letter at the behest of the current Secretary of State, Tony Blinken. Right. Well, Tony Blinken is about it, too. It's amazing. It's sort of what Bruno said before. Well, it's amazing what the left has become. They are knee-jerk defenders of the FBI and CIA, and they're ready to beat the drums of war at the drop of a hat. Really interesting.
3: Bruno? The, well, uh, the other thing that you notice about this, and, 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 I, and, and this is sad because it's like I'm listening to Rebecca, and she seems like a decent sort. Uh, and she believes the things that she believes, but what what is so interesting about Democrats these days is that they can't they, they and and I think it's fear of their own crazies and and we've got some crazies on our side of the aisle we have to admit that, but I think it's fear of their own crazies and I think it's fear that that, that they won't get invited to any more insider democratic cocktail parties or that they won't be allowed uh, to to come to the 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 inside of the if if you even criticize the narrative if 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 rebecca were to go and say i think what uh, they did in with the hunter biden black laptop and lie about the fact that it was they lied this government officials lying to create a political result in right. favor of joe biden and it's it's very clear that they lied and it's, it's it's like an open story of the day but if a democrat turns around and says that they say,
0: i think that was wrong they are going to be off the I wanna, reservation. I want to ask uh, Rebecca uh, another question. Rebecca, at this point, do you believe that Robert Kennedy Jr. is a viable challenge to Joe Biden or not?
2: He is not. He uh, he doesn't represent uh, the kinds of policies that most Democratic voters want to see promulgated by a Democratic nominee. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. Rebecca, on that note, I thank you very much. Uh, you're author of a book called Story. Make it your story. Bruno Baron continues with us here in Chicago. Dan Prof, thank you very much for joining us from Florida. Morning host on AM 560, The Answer, along with Amy Jacobson. I'm Bruce Dumont. We are not going to go away. We have another full hour coming up. Charles Lipson from the University of Chicago will join us. We'll be talking more about the laptop, but also uh, topic number one is going to be what's happening at the U.S.-Texas border. Back shortly. Don't go away.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's (sighs)
7: Call or go to statefarm.com
4: for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
8: Learn more at LLS.org.
0: Bruce my back for hour number two of Beyond the Beltway, wherever you're listening from coast to coast and border to border. A happy Mother's Day, if uh, that is the appropriate uh, word for you. Congratulations to you. And uh, joining us in this hour, we have Bruno Barron continues to s- stand by right next to me, uh, across from me here at the WIND studios in beautiful Elk Grove Village. And joining us from his palatial home, On the south side of Chicago, near the University of Chicago, where he has taught for many, many years, is the uh, Professor Emeritus in Political Science, Charles Lipson. Charles, nice to have you with us. It's been a while since you've been on the show, but uh, always good to read your things in uh, real clear politics. But good to have you with us this evening.
10: Thanks. It's always a pleasure, Bruce. We've been been doing this since... Since we both had full heads of
0: hair. That's right. That was a long. It was a long time ago. But you, I think you and and, and Bruno both have probably been on the show for uh, over 20 years each. Yeah. I think so. Bruno had, uh, well, Bruno's got a good set of hair, but it's all gray. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to begin this, and then we've got a caller already. what I want which I want to bring into the conversation, because he wants to bring up the subject of immigration and what's happening at the border. But, uh, Charles, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to some things that we talked about in the first hour, and I want to get your assessment of what was the most shocking thing you heard on the debate or the town hall with Donald Trump? Did you hear anything that made him unelectable in your opinion?
10: I think that uh, the most important thing about the debate is that Trump looked incredibly strong and came back with that kind of ferocity that, that he had in 2016. Um, he made um, the people on um, he made the people on CNN look terrible but I think he's got a real problem in winning places uh, in, in educated, upper middle class suburbs and that's where the swing voters are and Mm -hmm. i think uh i mean it's possible because biden is so weak if he stays in the race that uh virtually anybody could beat him but i view the last race bruce as not so much a biden victory as a loss for trump that is people voted against Mm -hmm. trump rather than for biden and the number
0: and the number of people that you would add to that population, if they were watching the CNN debate, they pro- there, there isn't anybody that's going to go for Trump. They will maybe go further away from Trump because of that. By the way, there's that's one right, of the- Bruce. You
10: can you yeah. can tell me who who did the quote that politics is about addition, because I, that's not the case for Trump. What yeah. Trump's politics is about is about mobilization of the base, not addition.
0: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he has to, you know, mobilize the base much more than he has. But but one of the other things that really drove the, uh, the in the post analysis, which went on for, I think, days, on CNN with <laughs> all of their multi-people panel, um, multi-person panel was they were, they were, they were so concerned about, the people that applauded and hooted and hollered when he made certain statements, including calling the, the uh, moderator a nasty woman. But what they didn't report was that Donald Trump, according to the negotiations with CNN, he was given 30 seats in the hall. Allegedly, there were only 30 people there who's, who were there because Donald Trump allowed them to be there. They they were not allowed to ask a question, so the questioners were different people. But it seems to me that if you've got thirty people in a relatively small crowd, you can make it sound loud when you all applaud at the same time or scream and yell at the same time. And not one of not one of the uh, uh, analysts made that comment. And they they had reported, they had reported that fact. Uh, uh, you know, earlier in the day that Trump was going to have some people there. Was there anything that he said—I'm going to ask Bruno of this—was there anything that he said? I mean, he said a lot of things, uh, you know, some of it, which was, you know, calling the moderator a nasty woman. That may not be too difficult for people. But he talked about, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't decry Vladimir Putin as a, as a war criminal. He said he would pardon, you know, most of the uh, January 6th people, including the Proud Boys. Um, he came up with an idea on the uh, on the default. He said we should be willing to default. So he said a number of things that, uh, you know, would make some politicians, you know, stand up and say, oh, my God, what did he say? Did any of those things bother you?
3: Uh, as a matter of policy, uh, I think some of them bother me. I, I don't. I think some of the January 6th people might be worth pardoning, but I don't think all of them would be uh, if you were inside doing damage to the uh, Capitol,
0: regardless of how you got in there. or how, He you did not in. say all, but he certainly hinted most.
3: Right. Well, well but letting, letting the United States default, um, I, don't, I don't know whether that's crazy or reckless or whether we need anything of that aggressive uh, of a shock to the system. I do think we're approaching a time when a shock to the system is necessary and quite frankly i think that is part of trump's appeal to people even the people like me who are highly skeptical of, of his capacity as a as a thinker and a doer
0: could he end uh, the war in 24 hours he said he would end the war in 24 hours
3: he probably could if he wanted to i mean he, you're a president you're you're the commander in chief if he let's put it this way if he won the war would start ending the day he won the election because the military brass is going to start winding things down because they know what's coming and and obviously so so all those policy things are out there uh and we it is possible that trump will be president again i just what i would ask all of my fellow conservatives is why would you risk it when the guy just isn't as great as you think he is and his his bombast again does not win votes. He, uh, he he's he's going to have lost votes uh, from his last election just based on January sixth.
0: To to Charles, Charles uh, of the litany of things I just laid out of uh, comments he made. Was there any one of those that you thought was just so far out that uh, you don't know how rational people could support him?
10: I, I would say that the key thing about all the comments is that he continues to run as an outsider this is a former president of the united states uh, and a billionaire and he continues to run as an outsider and he didn't tack to the middle in any way i thought that the point about putin could have been interpreted either as uh the the way that a lot of the media always does which is that he's he's loves dictators i actually felt I thought that that was actually a a, a case where he was thinking as a person who bought and sold buildings. I mean, this was a tactical point. You're going to be negotiating with this guy. uh, Why why make that more difficult than it needs to be? But in fact, he should have called him a war criminal because Mm -hmm. that's exactly the way that the Russians have fought this war. And it is truly disturbing.
0: But his his point was, if you call a guy a war criminal, how mean, how amenable is he going to be to end the war? That was his point. I agree. He's felt that way about all of the despots around the world that he's dealt with. We've got to pause right now. one 800 When we come back, Ben in El Paso, Texas joins the conversation.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
9: they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So, talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
6: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces
4: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Bruce DeWant back and let's go to El Paso, Texas. Ben is listening to us on KTSM and uh, he has an idea on how to take care of the immigration situation. So go ahead, Ben. What's your idea?
13: Okay, I'd I'd like to start a movement. Okay. Okay. After listening to all <clears> the <throat> Sunday programs and everybody that you know are upset about the uh, you know the plight of the illegals crossing uh, yeah. our border after mm-hmm. the long and perilous journey to the Korean border and in ours and in our, in El Paso, Texas, and our our borders. Yep. Um, I think that we could. <clears> uh, uh, start this new movement, and in so doing, it will relieve the guilt that all the people that I listen to on TV today have about their extravagant lifestyle and that they are living. And also, by doing this, they can increase their ESG scores, and that is adopt an illegal month, okay? Let's have an adopt a legal month next, next month. Where all you know, all levels will have a chance to adopt an illegal, take them into their into their families, um, make them re- productive members of our nation. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it, 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 all the news commentators, government officials, everybody in sanctuary states and, and cities. Unfortunately, that happens to be in El Paso also. Right, but, but it would be. I mean. It's the perfect solution. It makes it to where the illegals are taken care of, the liberals are taken care of, and the people that really don't want to do anything about it
0: and don't have this guilt, they, they don't ben, have to ben, worry about it anymore. <clears throat> ben, st- ben stay, stay in the line. Let's let uh, Charles uh, Lipson, what do you think of that idea?
10: You know, as uh, Ben was talking about it, Uh, I was thinking that, in a way, that's how immigration used to work. Uh, When people came in the country, you had to have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And I've talked to many, many people in the past who told me, um, and this was especially the cases people were fleeing uh, fascism in Europe and so forth, that... Uh, oh, my family sponsored your uncle, or or whatever. And what mm-hmm. did sponsor mean? It meant that you were ultimately responsible uh, if that person couldn't get a job or whatever. Uh, I think it's a wonderful idea. It not, it, 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 Ben. I think you've you've reinvented the wheel. Well, okay, let's just,
0: let Bruno respond.
3: I, I think. Well, one one additional comment on there, and and I think this is where. Uh, the rubber really meets the road is that if we went to that kind of a system, maybe not exactly what Ben is talking about, but that mm-hmm. let's say we adopted it right now, very similar to that, what you would find, and this is mm-hmm. where this is what's so hilarious, is that conservative Republicans would sponsor people in far larger numbers than liberals ever would absolutely 100 percent the fact of the matter is conservative republicans even those who call them illegals and even those who aren't sure about uh, legal immigration or illegal immigration mm-hmm. conservatives would sponsor more people than liberals all, all across the country I uh, I, I, uh, because be-
0: I agree with that I because just better we're better people that's why Charles let me ask you this and question. I agree with that also I think that's good. All right, let me, let me, let's carry this conversation a little bit further. I think an example of that is the mayors around the country who've talked about and bragged about a sanctuary city, and now they complain that they're not ready to take on, including Chicago and New York and to some extent Los Angeles, that they're not prepared to do that. And yet, you know, we have in Chicago, we have a former mayor, Rahm Emanuel, he said he wanted to make Chicago the welcoming, the most welcoming center, uh, city uh, city in the country, for illegal immigration. Now, again, he's long gone. He's off in Japan now, but again, the, the concept is that a lot of the liberal politicians, they have not followed through right. by having an open arm, an open hand for those that need help. So I think Ben, this is. This is where you put, uh, you ask someone to put their money and their mouth uh, together and uh, come to a conclusion. I think that's an excellent idea. I don't think you're going to see it happen, but I think conceptually right. it's a good idea, and that includes oh, churches put, and nonprofit organizations. Go ahead, Ben.
13: Let, let's not put this down, okay? I mean, it can't, you say it's not going to happen. It can happen. You know, I've talked in a legal month. Can you can you think about something as wonderful as that? I I just uh, you know I can't you know
0: I'm just all a tizzy. right. No, I think I think you know, uh I think August is his isn't August Hispanic month? August history no, that's there, too there, late
13: has to be this next month
0: it has to well I don't I don't know whether you can put the mechanism together for next month well
10: because MS thirteen M- would adopt a lot of people too
0: <laughs> well that's true <laughs>
10: yeah that's true uh, and, and
0: and there's a, there's a, there's ways that you would have to kind of work this out but Ben listen thank more you More than
10: MSNBC but the M- MS-13 would have done more than ms, MS- Aren't they, aren't they the
0: same? Aren't they the same? <laughs> every,
13: every commentator on the news, on the radio, uh, liberal, you know, I mean, just those people would be able to take care of almost
0: 10 I, million
13: of, I, the, I, of the illegals.
0: I would also think that the the restaurant unions, as long as these people became union members, on their way to citizenship, if that ever happens. Uh, the, the restaurant unions would love that because their need uh, there's a great need in the hospitality field for people who can uh, do much of the work that those who are coming from Central America and South America uh, could accomplish in addition to Mexico. Let it, me it, let me offer a couple, I'm gonna offer a couple of other of suggestions. Because one of the other things I want to talk about, and I, this was one of the things I want to talk about, is what is the solution? What are the things that are out there that could work? And here's here's one, maybe it's a little more short-lived, but again, it's not going to have the political will because we have a Democratic president. But I see all these uh, these illegal immigrants uh, coming through our border, going through some form of identification because they come out of a building and they all get on a bus and that bus takes them somewhere. Sometimes it takes them to New York, Chicago, whatever. I would propose that that bus takes them to the nearest military base and they get off that bus and they get on a big transport plane and that transport plane flies to the furthest point in mexico or wherever down there further let's say mexico drops them off there so they have to walk back a second time is that is that cruel and unusual Charles, what about it? Is that cruel and unusual punishment? By the way, I had this idea in 1996, the first time I ever visited the border uh, in California when I rode with the with the Border Patrol, is that this this catch and release was so ridiculous. But a way to to help them out is, and and if you don't want to put them on a plane, put them on a uh, keep them on the bus and take the bus back and let them go well, through the process and, again.
10: It's cruel and unusual, but it has one advantage, yes. which is the whole goal is to deter. Right. And the whole point of listening to Majorcas, if you can stand it, uh, is he's the Baghdad Bob of this administration telling uh, us the border is closed when it's manifestly not. And the whole point is you have, to, you have to deter people coming across. The wall helps. Sending people back helps. And it's important to realize that, uh, that this problem has become a national problem. It's overwhelming cities, and it's also connected to the drug epidemic. I think it's just damaging the country. Of course, it's damaging Biden too, but it's just awful.
0: What about the idea, Bruno, of uh, what has been in place, that the vice president is in response, is responsible for it, and that is the, the spending of, of millions of dollars and sending that money to the triangle countries so that the those triangle countries create a system where people don't want to leave those countries. Is that realistic? Or does all that money just go into some corrupt government program?
3: probably the latter. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have details on it, so I couldn't tell you, but it's like, you don't, you don't, look, as much damage as has occurred to the United States of America, culturally, financially, and politically, um, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, as much damage as has occurred, and, and as much as our bedrock, ideals have been undermined the fact is this is still the rich we are like rome at, at its height right it it there's a lot of ruin in america you could go you could do a ton of damage and not come close to damaging the power and wealth and genius of this country and so you can't recreate america uh, by sending some money To Mexico and Honduras and all these other countries you can't do it
0: they're coming here because this is the beacon of the world can you can you have can you have arrangements with those triangle countries and Mexico and all four of them could you have facilities there that would take people through the process of coming to the United States doing all the paperwork there they remain in their country and they go on a list And at a designated point, they are either flown to the United States, or they are transported to the United States, and all the paperwork has been done, including the possibility of having a sponsor somewhere. Some administrative way of solving it, that's the question I want to hear from folks out in radio TV land as well. Again, any ideas? What are the ideas? You've been frustrated with the Republicans and Democrats? Do you have an idea? 1-800-723-8289 1-800-723-8289 I'm Bruce Dumont. At
4: Jersey Mike's you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
8: I'll be here to hear what's on your
9: mind. Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance early and often on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why as a young person they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
8: When you meet me, I'll be by your side.
0: We continue. Bruno Baron, tell everybody in 20 seconds a little bit about yourself.
3: Uh, gosh. Uh, That's I'm- enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm just, a, I am an Illinois-based conservative activist of sorts. Um, I was a lot more activist in the past. Right now I'm doing less activist stuff. But and you're I, a carpenter. Yeah, well, I'm, you gotta, a, I'm, you I'm know, a jack of all trades. You know is. you're a way around a hammer. Can, there is, if you give me something that's broken, I can fix it. And that, that's a house or a machine or a car. Maybe you're not as good with cars, but
0: I'll, I'll fix a boat. I'll do anything. Wow. So, I'm going to give you a call. Yeah, no, my my you I, should come I, up with an 800 number. We'll plug it on the show. I grew up w-
3: having to get tools for my dad and do stuff and <laughs> it's like I can I it, it, I if I pull something apart, I can put it back together and I can usually figure out what's wrong with it.
0: I'm that. sure Charles Lipson can do the same thing, right, Charles? You're a you're, I can you're find a handyman in around the, the house. Phone
10: book. I can find somebody in the phone oh, book who's okay. confident. <laughs> I do want as Mr. Tell but
0: everybody me, about your background. So, Tell everybody about. Give I, I us a little
10: bit of to I want to say one thing about what Bruce said. Uh, 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 um, when Trump was running for president, I said that people were underestimating the fact that he actually built things. No. I mean, he didn't build them with his hands, but right. the fact that he actually built things—he didn't just make money as a banker or right. something. I, I'm from the Northern Mississippi, the Mississippi Delta. Uh, cotton farming country, uh, was born and raised there uh, through high school, went off to school in the east and taught for many years at the University of Chicago, specializing mostly in international politics. But Bruce, I've been with you on programs since you were back at the Chicago Cultural Center.
0: That's a long time ago. That's, that's, That's many, many remote locations ago i want to ask you a question because for those who are watching us on television or on youtube you have i would say several hundred books behind you how many of those books have you
10: read i've read quite a lot of them and by the way that's one of three or four libraries in my house Oh and more and more books uh, i would say are now Uh, electronic books as well I wouldn't Mm. say that I've read a lot of the books cover to cover because they're nonfiction books right so if I'm if I'm interested in a particular topic I'll I'll go to it but I feel like when I'm reading that I'm I'm listening to or communing with the best minds in -hmm. the history of the world and that they're talking to me and that if i can just understand what they're saying it will it will really well, improve my understanding with
0: all that understanding and all of that knowledge let let's have you kick let, let's have you throw a few ideas on the table insofar as the solving of the uh, problems with uh, uh, immigration illegal immigration in the united states uh what what are your thoughts about what we were discussing in the last segment that there would be offices in each of those three or four triangle countries that would that would basically do the processing for people that wanted to come to the United States so all the paperwork would be done there the only thing that would be left would be the transportation and that transportation either could be done by that country or partially by US taxpayers uh, in lieu of uh, what's, what we're trying to do with the border. In other words, pre-select the people that you want to come here, and you would be able to do it at home base. wouldn't necessarily be limited to those three countries, but it would eliminate the backup and all of the, uh, uh, the human degradation that many of these people go through because they want to improve their lives, make their lives easier, but do it at the, at the front end. Is that too Pollyannish? Is it too liberal of an idea? No,
10: it's not. And in fact, that's what uh, was happening under Trump. I don't want to sound too warm and fuzzy about Trump, but in, in fact, Trump was making people apply either in their home country or, as the law requires, in the first safe country they got to, which was Mm -hmm. not the united states right it was it was mexico and but the problem is which is the law and that's not what's being enforced i mean i find it bizarre that we have executive officials and the whole point of the executive is that they're supposed to execute the laws and in city after city and in the federal government and the rest we just have people who say we're not going to enforce that law Mm -hmm. and then uh Surprise, surprise, people say the border is open or I can go into Walgreens and take everything I want. And and, uh, there's a kind of lawlessness here. Uh, I would just say one more thing. Uh, Bruce, I've learned over many years that we professors couldn't organize a two-car funeral. And Mm. when you ask us to solve practical problems you are asking us uh, to to bat left handed if we're a right-handed hitter.
0: Wow. Well that's a denunciation of academia. But
10: you know, well no, kind of, I mean I think we do a lot of good things. I think we come up with the important ideas. I think we just can't really uh, build example, anything. You need Bruno well, to build uh, it. That's exact that's exactly <laughs> right. you need a Milton no, Friedman. <laughs> Milton Friedman came up with the idea of floating currencies, but it took Leo Malamed and the people downtown at the Mercantile Exchange and the CBI, uh, the Board of Options Exchange, to build a system where you could actually trade currencies, mm-hmm. so people can specialize in different things.
0: I want to come back to you, but we have a, we have a call. Saul also listening to us in Austin, Texas, on uh, KLBJ. Go ahead, Saul. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, my comment is that.
14: Well, I am an immigrant, mm-hmm. uh, very close to what you would consider the ideal of the American dream realized. Uh-huh. Um, I currently, I'm now currently a software engineer, work at big companies, drive fancy cars and so on and so forth. I've volunteered at the border with lawyers. And uh, what they tell me is that if I were to immigrate today, as I did when I was a child a few decades ago, hmm the line would be on average some 17 years. And what that tells me is that effectively, there really is no legal path to immigration, which is why these people sometimes pay thousands and thousands of dollars to have jackals try to smuggle them in. Mm-hmm. Some of these people that I've met personally are professionals, are tech people like my, like myself. But there is no legal path for some of these people, unless they, they're willing to wait 15 to 30 years, depending on, where, they, where the demographic's sitting. Mm-hmm. I believe that neither the right nor the left actually wants to fix this issue because the right can point to the left and fear say, see these open border people. The left can then point to the right, see these racist xenophobics and they both can gin up their base. And that's mm-hmm. why the real question isn't, what can we do? It's more about how can we get uh, politicians that actually want to solve problems Instead of just continue to get reelected okay. in their
0: next cycle let's let Bruno respond to all so Go actually I have a very
3: Bruce and I were talking off the air briefly and I said you know the interesting thing is and I'm not a big fan of Trump and then Charles came right on and said almost exactly the same thing but it appears to me that Trump was on the path to solving this problem and perhaps the first thing that needs to be solved is First you have to go to like start at square 1 and go to ground 0 and you just say here's the wall and here are the rules and then from the from the strong position of actually having a wall and actually having rules you can actually start solving the problems and I, I'd like to ask whether you think that makes sense because it seems to me that you know I've been on Bruce's show for 20 years on and off and we've been mm. talking about illegal immigration through Bush through yes. all the other people and it, it seems to me that Trump is the only guy, and maybe DeSantis will do this and maybe other Republican will do it, but Trump is the only guy that said, hey, before we even solve this problem, we have to start at a place where we can work to solve it. And is that crazy? And I'm, I'm literally asking you as the person who's experienced what you've experienced.
14: Well, I think the more reasonable approach would be to look at the root cause of the problem. Why is it that these people are, are coming in? What... Kamala Harris said about trying to fix their country so they don't, are not even motivated to leave is, is, is fairly ridiculous. As the wall, to me, is fairly ridiculous. The real reason is the lack is because there are not enough judges and enough people to, to perform the paperwork and, and not enough consul people in these countries to process the paperwork. If we And if we really wanted to do it, we could just – it's really just throwing bodies at the problem and and process the paperwork. That really is so – we- far so, less than the, than the so wall, just to, just and to, then you would actually have the people to to process what these people are looking for. Nobody wants to risk their child's life crossing a desert if they actually had an option. Like these are just, if you could just think of why reasonably any reasonable human being would do this if they actually did have another option, you would know they probably don't have another option.
3: I just have a real quick response to that and, and, I'm, and, and, and I'd like this con- conversation to continue because the only problem with that is, is, as I said earlier, the United States is still, at this moment, for all of its problems, a beacon of the world. And and it, it maybe it's not protected by oceans like people would want to emigrate to Europe or something like that. But the fact of the matter is that we also, as a citizenry, have a right to say how much immigration we want. And at this moment, we appear to want less than the people who want to come here. And maybe that's one reason why we don't hire the people to just
0: process the paperwork. Well, but clearly, I think what Saul is talking about is you do need, I mean, the, uh, the administration, the, the, the law that we have, does not provide enough judges to do the job of enforcing the law. I mean, we, we may need 50,000, you know, troops at the border, uh, which we can't do because of posse comitatus, but we may need 50,000 judges and maybe these judges are in some of these other countries yeah, as well. We do we IRS agents. yeah we, better you're right better than than IRS agents. We have to do that. Saul, so stay on the line because I think we've got a lot more we want to talk with you about. I'm Bruce dumont Back shortly.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice: red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
11: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
8: Matthew. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. I just need you to listen to me. I know that a lot of times, Mom, it might not seem like I'm listening to you, but I am. I hear you. And what you say really does matter to me.
6: I mean, let's be honest. No kid likes rules, but I get why we have them. I hear you. And I know it's because you care. All the talks we've had over the years,
9: for more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
0: Bruce tumont back. we're talking about illegal immigration and maybe the prices that each party has to pay in order to get some resolution. Although I do agree with a recent caller that said that uh, I don't think either party really wants a resolution. I can't believe there are that many stupid people for decades in Washington that really can't figure this thing out. But here, here, here's, a, here's a compromise that I would propose. I want to get your reaction. Charles, I'm going to ask you first. Um, we would have, for, for those, for the, for the uh, people that have been here, uh, part of the the the, the uh, people who came here as children they've lived in the country and uh, the Democrats have been trying to give them amnesty and let them become citizens of the United States I say whatever the number is and the number is much smaller than what the actual population is I would say wave the magic wand let them in the dreamers let the dreamers they're already here make them citizens of the united states of america and then come up with a system that takes the border and makes the border absolutely sealed shut so that you have the determination to stop people from coming to the country until they have followed the laws then do some of the suggestions that i've made about having Processing done in other countries, which is something that uh, has been tried in the past. Maybe even incarceration, uh, incarcerating people who come to the country. They've broken our laws. Maybe they serve their time back in their countries. Obviously, this is where you've got to involve a lot of countries. But again, you give the dreamers, let the dream come true, and not slam the door at the border, even with the possible uh, repealing of posse comitatus. Which prohibits the use of military forces by the federal government on our border to do law enforcement. Charles Lipson. Either side. Like no it. side is going to. Lo- like no it. side is going to love that.
10: I like it, and I would add that people who've been deported as illegals multiple times should then not be eligible to come in. The problem is going to be that if you've got ten thousand people a day coming in now illegally they too are going to be dreamers in 10 or 15 years those children who've come in uh will have known no other country really but this one and it's a tragedy and i have no great answer for it except to say
0: but part of uh, this legit part of this legislation that i would propose is that these are the people that once they're apprehended at the border They go on the bus, they go to the plane, the plane flies them back either to their home country or flies them to the furthest point from our border and keeps them away. And just says, you know what, this is our, we're, no judges, this is not about your, this is not some right you have, you don't have any rights at all. You get on the plane, we fly you back. That's, That's the tough love. We need tough love. And we need both, swal- both sides to swallow hard on an issue that they hate to make this work.
3: Well, another That's right, a, another, another option on this as well is to create something with Canada and Mexico and, right. and perhaps other Central American countries that wanted in on it um, to create something similar to what Europe did and have a Schengen zone, you know, a Schengen treaty. And that there's what fr- is that? Uh, it's it's that. essentially free flow. The Schengen countries are the countries where you have essentially free flow and free. Uh, this is all based on the EU, that any any member of a Schengen country can go to any other member, any other Schengen country anytime they want mm-hmm. and work. And you know they they just it, there's free flow of people, right? Now the interesting, but it thing doesn't
10: is, work well, Bruce. It, uh, it just doesn't work well if you have countries with radically different I, incomes, because they'll all go to the rich.
3: Country. Well, right. so there, you have to sweeten the pot at some level for Americans and Canadians as well, because one thing that one thing that Mexico has is uh, you know, and it, it, maybe it's not as land rich. A lot of it is desert, but it has coast property. It has all kinds of things that Americans and Canadians would love to buy and invest in. And right now Mexico has all kinds of rules that they've you know that you, you can't own property within fifty miles of the coast or 50, whatever. There's there's various rules and I don't quote me on the exact details of them. But you and so I I agree with you. You're that that is one of the negatives on this. But at some level we're going to have to start looking at solutions like this. And here's another interesting thing. I've brought his name up many times. Charles, I don't know whether you've heard him but I've I brought up the name Peter Zion who's talked about uh, basically his big thing on China and Russia is demographics 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 but the mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. thing that no one really wants to admit or know is that at this moment in time the the most the, the best place you want to be in the world right now is north and central america because it is the highest economic ground with the healthiest demographics there are healthier demographic countries mm. like nigeria but Mexico gives the North American, Central American landmass uh, something that no other, that China is collapsing, Russia is collapsing, but demographically, this is the strongest place in the world, will be for 50 years.
0: One other thing I would add to my legislation would be E-Verify mandatory if you want to work in the United States. Yeah, and you have mandatory. to work. You can't just and come here to and work. collect welfare. You have Man, to work. It, it right. You don't have to have 35 people. It could be two employees. But you put the onus of of uh, of enforcing that on business, and that's one of the reasons why the Republicans have never bought it. Right. Charles, last word. Well, to have
10: you seen what's happened in Flor uh, in Florida, which where uh, Ron DeSantis has actually done it, and yes. they they are now facing a crisis in the building trades.
0: Right. Right. Now, well. That's that's that after two hours this is our this is our suggestion how we how we can solve this problem and we'll see if any member of the Congress picks up this and what should they call it? Should they call it the beyond the beltway bill? Exactly. And and, and Might you know, as well. I'm, I'm, I'm
3: young enough, <laughs> give me two hundred and fifty million dollars, I'll run for president.
0: Right. <laughs> Bruno Barrett, thanks very much for joining us. Charles Lipson, always a favor uh, to have you on the program from the University of Chicago. Thanks to Fritz Goleman for his assistance in the production of the program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Again, happy Mother's Day to those who deserve that, that august title. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu.
7: Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today.
11: We all have the ability to touch the lives of those
13: around us. To someone going through a difficult time, a text, a call, or a visit can mean so much. Reach out to the veterans in your life today. Let them know they're not alone. One simple act can make all the difference. That's the power of one. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, Visit VeteransCrisisLine.net for free, 24-7 confidential support.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
8: It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org.